Welcome to the So Weird Podcast. Today we are discussing the penultimate episode of Season 1 of So Weird, Lost. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. And I'm Emily. Uh, what is today's Supernatural yeah. Mystery? A coma? Um, <laughs> coma slash technology. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say out-of-body experiences. Sort of? Uh, possible. So- mm. No, that that's like the other episode. Yeah, I guess they did do that, didn't they? Um, the yeah. human mind. <laughs> the mysteries of the human mind. Um, yeah, this one has kind of a convoluted setup, and I think it's the biggest weakness of what is otherwise an episode I think is okay. But yeah, there's a girl at a coma who's been in a, a coma for some time, and there is a mix-up at the hospital where she's staying at where... Uh, the hospital's getting online, which really dates this as an episode from 1999 or in about that area. And they switch the cables, and somehow her unconscious mind gets out on the internet. And that's where she contacts Fiona. Uh, though, you know, she contacts her as a spam email. And I think most people, if they had got an email that was just a bunch of random objects, a bunch of random letters, they probably would have just deleted it and not thought a second thought about it. Yeah, even back then, I, I mean, but I don't know, Fee goes with it, and she somehow convinces Molly to also keep talking to them. Yeah, I mean, ha- has anybody else ever um, replied to a spam email just as an experiment or whatever? No. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was younger, there was an email from someone about, you know, if you don't pay this amount of money, I'll kill all your family or something. And <laughs> back then, it just made me really upset, and I started crying. And my parents were like, Emily, you're so oh. stupid. So I didn't say that. <laughs> she didn't say that, but, you know, that's just the way it was back then. It was scary times. Well, I mean, even... For a youngin on the World Wide Web. <laughs> you know, even in like the early days of YouTube and such, Facebook or I guess MySpace would have been the equivalent at the time, people would post those obnoxious chain letters that if you don't post this to uh, six other accounts, a ghost girl were you in your sleep or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say one time I did respond to a spam email, but because they were talking about uh, a town that's nearby where I live and I just – been there a couple of days before and talked to some, met some new people and I thought maybe it might have been somebody I had met there but it wasn't it was an advertisement oh. for a, a sex website or something <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that there are things like that that still exist though like you see posts that pop up on Facebook that are like if you don't like this you don't love Jesus and that kind of stuff and so yeah still out there yeah one you know one share equals one prayer or something uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, um, there's yeah. just a lot of people, especially the, I've noticed the older people that get back on the internet again, see this for the first time and are sharing it a lot. And it's like, yeah, we we did that when we were younger. <laughs> so now we're like, why would you do that? But they're getting on for the first time, believing everything. <laughs> yeah, but but it's a good thing Fiona does respond to this email or else uh, we wouldn't have an episode. <laughs> yeah, so what does everybody think of this one? Um, I actually don't really like it. Like, I enjoy it. Uh, I don't know. I, it's not really memorable for me. and I guess because it doesn't focus on Fiona or her family. I think that's my main issue mm-hmm. with it. Um, I, you know, this is an episode I remember being on TV a lot when I was younger. Like, this is the one I remember the most clearly. Um, 
thing. I don't know why. I don't know if they were trying to promote Kyla Pratt or something and just kept airing this to be like, hey, here she is. But, um, you know, and I, I really like the concept. Like, it, I found it really fascinating as a kid. Like, this idea that we could communicate with people with, through brain waves and all that. But I agree with Kathy that, you know, it's not an episode that I go back to to rewatch because, you know, the interactions between the family, it's like all business-like. They all have this one mission. And so it's not really like developing their relationships in any way. It's just more like we got to get this done. Um, yeah, this is kind of a forgettable episode. It's not a bad one, but it isn't one that really sticks in your mind too much. But there are a few things about it I do like. I like that this is mostly focused on Fiona and Molly. They have a lot of screen time together. And um, I kind of, I like those shots of the girl in the empty city. I feel like there's kind of an eerie quality to the that those sequences that work pretty well. Yes. Yeah, I like those shots also. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of... Uh... I don't know. There are a lot of shots from way overhead that makes her appear really small. And she definitely feels like she's on her own. Um, it's, they did a really good job with that. And it always, that's always something that stood out um, for me about the this episode. Yeah. I like that. And I like the um, final act where Jack and clue are exploring the then modern um, streets and they're trying to guide the girl through the empty streets as it existed back in the early nineties. Yeah. Yes. I like the story of how she's lost in the city and how things have changed since back then. So they have to think of a new way to get her back to her home. That's where Fee gets out her game. Uh, I don't know. It looks like something like the Sims in a way. Yeah. It's like Sim city. Yeah. Yeah. Sim city. Um, and what's the name of the uh, the instant messaging program they use? Something Instagab, I think. Oh, Instagab. <laughs> it's like their IM party chat room thing. Yeah, they couldn't just. And say. I remember when Instagram came out, I immediately thought of Instagab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess they couldn't just call it instant messenger or something. There might have been some <laughs> rights issues, or I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But that does, you know, that's one of those things about the show. It's, it's you know, Internet 1.0 aspect that takes me back. Because nowadays, you know, we have, like, chat on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. But instant messenger as a thing isn't really used anymore. But it, once upon a time, everybody used instant messenger. Yeah, and when it was just coming out, it, this episode was so cool to me. I was like, wow, <laughs> instantaneous, like, I mean, okay, in this case, Camilla responds, like, faster than a human possibly could. But I don't know. It was just really cool watching it as a kid. Yeah, and there's that exchange of dialogue where Molly says, well, what, is she walking around the city with a laptop? And Fiona says something like, my computer has a mobile uh, – has A, a wireless uh, modem. Wireless modem. And a battery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess, you know, the convoluted aspects of the plot are kind of my main issue. Like, there's very little about the premise that makes any sense. Like, why does hooking her hospital bed up to the internet cause her consciousness to go out into this quasi-cyberspace area? You know, allows her to communicate with people on the internet. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but you just got to go with it. How did the little girl hear 
Well, she heard it, so I'm guessing they would type it and then she would hear it instead of on the screen or I don't know. Yes, which kind of makes sense for like you know she'd have a memory of how her mom and and Effie spoke, but she wouldn't have a memory of how Fee spoke. I think that's just more for the audience's benefit. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a scene yeah. later where the mother is typing to her, and the girl n hears it in the mom the mother's voice, even though there's no way for her to know that's who's typing to her. I could mm -hmm. kind of tie back to the beginning, um, the opening monologue where Fee's describing what a coma is, and she says how some patients can hear the voices around them or even know what's going on around them. Well, um, I was in a coma Maybe. for about a week once, and uh, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, that's a long story, but yeah, um, from my experience, it was but, just, okay. <laughs> but if some people are, wasn't she typing in the same room as where Camilla was? So yeah. Maybe that was part of it, too. Yeah. yeah I, I see what you mean. I guess she was kind of saying, saying it out loud. I mean, other people have experienced other things, but like when I was under, it was just like being asleep for a really long time. Yeah, that's how I had always imagined it would be. Yeah. Uh, anywho, um, <clears throat> what do we think of the guest appearances on this episode, the guest stars? Um, was it her name, Miss Simmons? Is a singer, I think. Yeah, Diana Warwick. Mm -hmm. Oh, is it Dion? Oh, oh, I guess it is Dion. Yeah, she's the second most chartist, charted vocalist of all time. Really? Was she the one that had the uh, psychic network in the 90s? Was that somebody else? you're talking about okay <laughs> there was wait, wait i'm gonna look her up on wikipedia real quick because there was some uh once very popular r&b singer that had some affiliation with like a one of those psychic hotlines back in the 80s i think but, it was her i don't know uh 69 singles make it onto the billboard top 100 only wow. behind um and she's also whitney houston's cousin so Oh, okay. Yeah, you know. Well, she uh, sang Alfie. That was a big hit for her. Another, yeah, I definitely recognize some of these titles here. You know the way to San Jose. Mm -hmm. I guess that was somebody else who had the psychic network. Just cut that part out. Oh my god, <laughs> my my brain is full of shit right now. Uh, <laughs> we should have put at the beginning, guys. We recorded this right after the election. Yeah, post election. Like, yeah, it's like <laughs> it's a fitting title, you know, lost. How yeah, well, America feels right now. I'm feeling a little lost right now, yeah. Um, you know, there isn't a lot of Jack and Fiona stuff in this episode. He, Do they even really have any scenes together in this one? He's um, really just talking to Molly. Yeah, I think uh, we only see Ned talk to Molly in the beginning because the bus has is having issues. And like always. I think... <laughs> No, yeah, I think that's all we see of Ned. I don't think we see Irene. Um, yeah, that's so. I think I don't remember. I think it was Kathy that said that, or Emily, that that is kind of a problem with this episode where you don't get a lot of stuff with the Phillips family other than Fee and Molly, which, like I said, I like their scenes together. I like their discussions, but you, you don't get a lot from the other characters. Yeah, and I guess. With the Molly and Fee stuff, I almost wish that there was an additional scene with Molly kind of maybe reflecting on the fact that this mom, her daughter, was in a coma. And, oh, my God, if Fee was in a coma, how would she feel? But, I mean, obviously we know she would feel awful. But, I don't know, there's just some, there's just something missing there even with that. Yeah, yeah. I think 
usually in episodes like if it's focusing on uh, different characters, there's it usually it ties back to the main characters in some way. This one did at all. Yeah, not really. And it is a lot about these new characters. Um, and I just looked up Kyla Pratt, who was an actress of some note. I mean, she was the youngest daughter in the doc Eddie Murphy, Dr. Doolittle movies. And then she would voice what the main character on the proud family, which was a Disney show from kind of around the same time. Mm hmm. Yeah, and she was in a bunch of Disney Channel shows back then as a guest star. I remember her in a Lizzie McGuire episode, too, and I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm scrolling for Yeah, she did an episode of Lizzie McGuire, and um, that looks to be it. But she was also on Smart Guy, Walker, Texas Ranger, all these shows, Family Matters. Everybody watched these things in the 90s. <clears throat> yeah, she's a pretty popular actress. A lot of people recognize her. Yeah, and um, and that movie she sees in the theater, it's odd that out of all the things they could have picked, they picked Return to Snowy River, or apparently, this is from Wikipedia, The Man from Snowy River 2, which is its original Australian title. But you notice, conveniently, that was a Walt Disney distributed film. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a real film? Yes, it is a yeah. real movie. Oh my god, I had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, it's a real film from 1988, and it's a sequel to The Man from Snowy River, which was a movie from 1982. So there you go. Huh, now I'm going to have to watch it. Yeah, I think it's kind of a Western frontier story or something. Oh, I wanted to say about that movie theater, it almost, I haven't like double-checked, but it looks a lot like the building where Molly performs in Rebecca. Oh, yeah? Might have reused some sets there? Yeah. Or maybe they were just like the same theater chain. I don't know. Well, you know, I wonder if that was a, a real theater they shot outside of. It probably was. I, I don't know if they added the Princess Marquis or something. Um, I don't know. I, I wonder that if that was something they made or something that was there. I don't know. Some minor landmark in Canada. <clears throat> yeah, and I do like um, the way that Fiona helps the girl in the end with the sort of SimCities kind of thing and you know, in the sense that Fiona's sort of a roving good Samaritan. She finds mysteries and she goes out to help them. I like that stuff. Yeah, I like, well, I kind of like that scene where Fee is really wanting to go uh, find Camilla's house. And Molly's like, oh, what do you think? We can just go up to their house and say something. Molly says a line and she <laughs> says it kind of in a mean way, but it's funny. Oh, and I totally get where she's coming from. Hey, this my teenage daughter got sent a mysterious message on the internet. Let's go find the person who sent it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm surprised with Molly in this up. She just keeps going along with Fee. And though, you know, this one has kind of a sudden ending. Did anybody else feel that way? Mm, you mean the fact like that it, it ends right after she wakes up? Yeah, it feels a little sudden. You know, I kind of appreciated that, honestly, because, you know, if she, uh, I, I guess if they had gone, like, the stereotypical way with comas, she would have woken up and been like, Mom? And then, like, you know, <laughs> they just... There would have been hugging. Yes, and she'd be talking beautifully and all this crap, and it just, that's not how it happens, yeah, no, usually. There's, Especially there's paralysis. <clears throat> yeah, and for someone who's been, you know out for that long, especially. I mean, imagine what her, her mental state is like. She's, yeah, so. 
Yeah, she was out for 14 years. Yeah, and, you know, in her mind, she's this little girl, but her body's aged 14 years. That must be a huge disconnect. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's better they cut it off there instead of exploring <laughs> the implications. That would be a real downer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but there is some emotional moments when the mother is typing to the daughter and there's some crying there. And I don't know, I guess it... For me, it just borders being overwrought without going over it. I think it it functions fine. Yeah, I, I like the emotional uh, message exchange between them, and especially because they're not playing off of each other. That was a good I, scene. Yeah, this is one of the few episodes where I developed a head cannon. For so oh. weird, I don't do head cannons, but when. Um, you know, she asks her who her favorite baseball player is, and she says her dad. Um, I just feel like, I don't know, in my head, Camilla was in a car accident that killed her dad. That's my personal headcanon. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. They never say why she got in the coma. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So no, obviously her dad has passed. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, well, you would think so, unless he's like off on a business trip or something, but... Like, she was so emotional in that moment. I just, he's he's definitely gone. I mean, it's possible they could just be divorced, but yeah, no, that's, I, you know, I didn't even think about that. I just watched this episode like 15 minutes ago, and I didn't even think of that possibility. <laughs> yeah, so that's my, I, that's why I don't do headcanons, because they always end up really depressing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anywho, so yeah, I guess none of us really have too much to say about this one. It's not a bad episode, but it is a bit on the forgettable side, and it doesn't really stand out to me. Emily, it's interesting that you said you remember seeing this one a lot, because when I was re-watching the show for the first time a few years back, this was one of the episodes I had no recollection of at all. Wow. Very different experiences. Yeah. Um, I remember that this episode had a lot of comments on the So Weird TV YouTube channel from a lot of people. Yeah, I know this episode. episode. A lot of people do remember this one. It always gets brought up in comments um, whenever So Weird gets mentioned. And it's all, I know it's also a fan favorite for a lot of people. All right. Well, I guess that makes us the exceptions then. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I do odd, like, but... I do really like the ending with her walking back to her house and, you know, there's, like, this suspenseful music, and there's shots from all over the town, and it's like, oh, my goodness, is she going to make it? <laughs> like, I, 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 you know, it's it's good drama, I guess. And then she walks up to the house, and there's the light, and it's, it's nice. Yeah, because there is kind of an implication that maybe her time is running out. There is something of a time limit going on in the story, which does add some dramatic tension, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And something I noticed, this is just me, but there is a CGI graphic when Fiona first gets in contact with uh, Camilla. And it's like the shot of the camera going through the internet wires. And I am about 99% certain that that was footage used from an older show. I don't know if anybody remembers the TV show VR5. I think it ran for one season on ABC in like 1995. Very short-lived. But that was a weird (laughs) sci-fi show about uh, the internet and people putting their subconscious onto the internet. And I seem to remember – now this is going way back in the archives here, so I may just 
be remembering everything wrong. But I seem to remember that show frequently having early CGI shots of a camera going through an internet cable, and I'm seriously wondering if that footage was pilfered from that older program. But I have no idea. I could be totally talking out my behind. But I, I that that is a personal theory there. I don't. If anybody listening remembers VR five, that which is even more obscure than so weird. <laughs> oh, never heard of it. Well, it. I would say you know the the effect there is pretty impressive. So. Yeah, that's the thing. It it looks better than most of the CGI on the show. So that's why I wonder if it was something recycled from an older program. But I, I don't know. Hmm, good call. I remember obscure details like that sometimes. <laughs> okay, so anybody else have anything they want to say about this one that hasn't been mentioned yet? Um, what do you guys think about Jack and Clue just uh, cooperating with them like so easily? Oh, and yeah. Molly, too. Like They all believe really quickly. Well, I don't know about Jack and Clue, but Molly does. Yeah, it's really weird. And, I, you know, we don't see, like... Fee calling Jack and being like, hey, this girl's in a coma, help us. So we don't know what they told Jack and Clue they were doing. Yeah, usually Jack plays the role of a skeptic, and we don't get any of that in this episode. And I think it was just probably a time issue, but I definitely missed that. That would have added uh, some more substance to this one, I think. Yeah, I mean, they did at least have the scene where the mom was testing out if this is really Camilla. So she answered her question, so I guess that was enough. I mean, enough I don't... For what? I'm sorry. For them to believe oh. that it is Camilla through this instant messenger. Okay, gotcha. Uh, would you say you were lost on that one, Emily? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like, the whole day. Okay. Anyway. Go on! Not lost TV show, either. <laughs> yeah, no connection. There are no black smoke <laughs> monsters or polar bears in this episode. Disappointingly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, I, I'm surprised to hear that this one is an episode people remember a lot because I think it is a bit on the forgettable side. Again, not like a, an egregiously bad episode. I don't particularly dislike it, but it is sort of middle of the road, kind of forgettable overall, but I guess we're wrong since other people seem to like it. Yeah. I think that the whole scenes with Camilla walking around on her own were particularly memorable for me. And I always remembered the shot of her falling out in front of the movie theater. That really freaked me out. Because, <laughs> like, is she dead? What happened? Um, so that's why it was memorable to me. Uh, but, yeah, I like this episode. As I said, it's not one I watch just because there's not much interaction between the main characters. It always really intrigued me, the idea presented, even though it was totally like, what? How is this even possible of, like, communicating with someone who is in a coma through use of, like, brain waves or whatever? That that always interested me, the idea of that. Um, and actually... A couple years ago, when I was in class, my professor was talking about how scientists are trying to, um, you know, explore the possibility of using brain waves to communicate uh, with people who are not able to communicate otherwise. So that wouldn't be people in comas like, you know, Camilla, but um, people who may have a condition like, um, you know, ALS or something where they're not able to like gesturally communicate or vocalize. So I think that's fascinating. Yeah, I think I've seen that before already, and I think that was used in the house episode. And oh, really? 
it's when they have to answer yes or no. I think that's the simplest um, as far as technology you can do. With brainwaves? Yeah. Oh, cool. I think. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm going to have to watch that now. Yeah, that's interesting. There is some science behind just this idea of trying to communicate with people who can't communicate otherwise. But um, So that's, that is interesting. Yeah, but it wouldn't be for someone in a coma. And yeah, that's not where the technology would be used. Okay, so we want to give our final thoughts on this? Sure. Um, I guess if I were to rate it, I would give it a five, mainly because I'm more interested in the main characters and not, you know, these new characters. But it was enjoyable. It wasn't a bad episode. Yeah, I would give this one a six, where it is enjoyable, but it doesn't super stick with me. Um, and I now guess we throw it over to Emily, who does not rate episodes. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> um, I mean, I do seem to have enjoyed this episode more than you all. Although, like I said, it's not one that I, you know, would list in my top ten or whatever. But yeah, I, but no rating. <laughs> Okay, so do we have okay. any feedback or anything, Kathy? Uh, yeah, we did this week. Yay. Um, they were all from our Facebook page that I've made, and I've been posting the YouTube links there. So I'll go ahead and read them. From Andrea, she said, I want to say thank you for these podcasts, and I look forward to the next one. My sister, who is 14, just became interested in this show, and it pleases me to welcome someone else into the fandom. I listened to the Rebecca podcast again, and it also makes me so happy to know that so many years after its run, there are fans who still remember and love the series. Oh, That's great, spreading it to the next generation there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then from her again, she commented on our recent podcast about uh, Singularity. She said, hey, podcasters, thank you so much for this discussion on Singularity. I love that you mentioned Molly's song in the darkness playing at the beginning of the episode. In a way, I think the song was significant because it does have a reference to time with the lyrics, I live my life in one straight line, the future ahead and the past behind. I want to go back to yesterday, but I don't know how long I can run this way, which I think fits with the concept of time travel and going back, even though that is not what the song itself is about. It's so sad that Disney tries to forget the show existed because the show had a lot of good quality. It is not littered with cheap jokes, slapstick humor, and overabundance of inserted audience laughter. Fiona is the lead character and believer in the paranormal. Her mother and brother don't believe, but they do support her investigation. Sometimes Clue is a great source of comic relief. And Molly delivers great music. And speaking of supporting Fiona, I cannot wait for your podcast on the next episode, Lost. Hey. That episode really tugs at my heartstrings because Fiona brings hope to Camilla's family by guiding the comatose girl home. But what I love most is that it wouldn't have happened if it weren't for the rest of Fiona's family. Molly allowed for a detour to take a chance on helping a stranger. And Jack, even though he doesn't believe in the paranormal, teams up with Clue to help Fiona and Molly guide Camilla home and back to her conscious state. I tear up just thinking about it. Aww. Wow, thanks for the super detailed feedback there. I hope you're not too disappointed in this episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I do remember we had gotten a, another comment a couple weeks ago saying they were excited to hear our podcast about loss because they related to it in a way. 
oh man, people are going to be so mad. <laughs> I'm curious how, you know, the person can relate to this episode. I hope it's not like a really personal thing, but if it isn't, yeah. do share. I'd love to hear about it. Um, but yeah, that was a great comment. I hadn't really uh, put two and two together about the song either and how appropriate it was for singularity. So good call. Yeah, that's a really good observation. And, you know, at some point down the line, we should do an episode devoted to the show's music. We should talk about that in more detail at some point. Yeah, we should. I guess maybe when we do Encore, that would come up, I suppose. But I don't know. That's a thought. Yeah, I like that that's idea. That's way ahead of there. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Encore. Okay, and we got, um, I believe, one more from Lauren. Just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying this podcast so far for it brings back the memories of being a little kid and getting spooked yet intrigued by the show back during the golden age of the Disney Channel. I'm already looking forward to you guys going over the season two episodes more prominent in my memory, in particular the nightmare episode. I did want to bring something to your attention that I just noticed that you didn't mention when you went over it. Did you notice who the writer was of the fifth episode, Escape? I don't know if any of you are also Trekkies, but the writer, uh, Dung Hung, I think? Oh, Doug Re Hung? Yes, I know the name. Yeah. Wrote the screenplay for Star Trek Beyond. He also cameoed as Sulu's husband. I thought it was an interesting observation that I thought he was worth sharing with you, especially knowing how well that movie did over the summer. In any case... Keep up the good work, and I look forward to future episodes from you guys. Huh, that's neat. I did not notice that. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And you know what? I liked that movie. It didn't get a lot of um, uh, advertising, I feel like, but I went to see it, and it was fun. So, cool. Yeah, Star Trek Beyond is probably my favorite of the uh, reboot series, and I hope we get another one with that cast. But uh, a good comment. Thanks for that. Yeah, I'm also excited to go over the Season 2 episodes. Yeah, I think we all are. I mean, season two is the best season of the series. I think we can agree on that. You know, I don't know, Zach. Um, I really, really <laughs> like season one. Well, uh, season one has got a lot of great episodes, but season two, I think, is when the So Weird mythology develops and a lot of the things that people come to love about the show emerge. But, I mean, first two true. seasons, obviously, the way to go. Yeah. And we just won't bring up the elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> no, not tonight. We can we can keep that at bay <laughs> for one episode. It's too much negativity in the world right now. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So is that it? Oh, I I wanted to say since she brought up the writer for um what episode was that? Escape. Yes. Escape. Uh, tonight's episode. Tonight's episode is the first one that's written by a team that includes um, John Cooksey and Allie Marie Matheson. So mm. this is one they got their hands on in the writing room. Mm -hmm. I thought they had wrote others before. I don't think so. Mm. Let me see. I'll look it up real quick. Nope. This is the first one. Mm. Well, that's a name we'll definitely be talking about more in the future. So Yeah. I mean, they really, they wrote this one, and then they also wrote Banshee and Encore. But they were obviously, you know, executive producers. Yeah. So they, they had their hands on everything, but they were specifically involved with the writing for this episode, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so anything else we want to share? Um, no, not that I can think of right now. All right, so... 
I guess that concludes tonight's episode of the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Kathy. And I'm Emily. All right. Everybody take care of each other. Keep the faith, everyone. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Now more than ever. Yes.